Welcome back to Forbidden Cinema. Hi. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And today we are going deeper yes. on our last film, Romancing the Stone. Yes, we are. We're going to hit up some of the questions that we asked during the last full-length episode and just kind of talk about the time. So we watched the trailer. Yes. And the trailer was pretty much told us exactly what to expect. We haven't really found a trailer yet that was that was selling us a bill of goods we wouldn't get. I, I, I feel like just as a retrospective on trailers, so the last three trailers we watched, Basic Instinct, Dirty Dancing, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and now We're Missing of the Stones, they really, like, just truly tell you what's happening it's it's like the trailer is like in a world i mean they really do do this whole thing i mean this this one was a scene we just talked about like it wasn't a scene it created they created a scene within the movie world for danny devito to tell us everything that was going to happen and to stare right into the screen and invite <laughs> us to join him as if this and is like a choose your own adventure. Danny DeVito's performance in the trailer may have been even better than in the movie. And he it was might great. Have been, it really made him seem like he had more to do with it. And maybe he did. Maybe some of his scenes got cut out, but maybe it, that's kind of why I sort of thought of him as the antagonist going maybe. into this, not kind of realizing he was the, the bumbling the, the trailer. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, I think trailers trailers have come a long way. I'm just going to say that. If we had Cameron Diaz from The Holiday making all of the trailers, she she would scoff at the trailers. Um, <laughs> well, remember the, the last one for Nightmare on Elm Street? It was Freddy just talking to the camera. They didn't even have a script yet. And it was just yeah, like, it was, it's like, a lot of Freddy's breaking, coming back. You know? it's, it's a lot of breaking the fourth wall and kind of like inviting us as the audience, telling us as the audience really Really, like the audience is so bored, like we they we have to know up front kind of what's going to happen, or we're not going to come see this. We did, however, in this see what we said was maybe not a scene that has lived up to the complete iconic nature of some of our other films, but the scene that we said is the most iconic shot from a movie, and it's right there in the trailer, sliding down the mud. It is, but it is kind of clipped. It, they don't hang on it. <laughs> so that's a trailer. Um, Anything you have before we start getting into some of the unanswered questions from the episode? I don't think so. I think we did a pretty good job of covering the original um, piece from the notes. So yeah, let's see what we missed or what we didn't know. So the first thing we were talking about was, is this ripping off Indiana Jones? Right. So, I mean, it definitely is in the vein of Indiana Jones, well, I did a little bit of, of research on that very thing, and come to find out this movie is actually, the screenplay was written about two years before Indiana Jones was written. Okay. This was a waitress who wrote this film. Diane Thomas was her name, and she wrote exactly one screenplay. Michael Douglas loved the screenplay, bought it, produced it, and uh, and unfortunately, he uh, she passed away right after the making of this movie. Well, there we go. So it, it wasn't influenced Um but I guess this was a time when this this idea was, and of course she's coming from a different lens, so it's not her her seeing Indiana Jones and swooning over it, but she's coming from definitely a romance novelist type of view. And what the character? Let's just let's be completely transparent here. Yes, the screenplay was written before, but was there some? influence in how people looked or how people act you know the screenplay is only so much to a movie acting and directing True. and sound editing have so much to do that there could there, there could be some influence on indiana jones on, on making this movie there could be but you know how many movies come out 
around the same time that were in production and creation about the same time uh, around the exact same subject and they are completely unrelated so there could have been something about the zeitgeist that was happening at this time that just kind of had everybody in that realm so the next note I have here are the three actors from the cold open. Right. And I am absolutely thrilled to get into this. Tell me about it. Okay. So Ted White, who played Grogan, he is best known to me, maybe not his best known role, but best known to me as being Jason in Friday the 13th, my oh. favorite one of them, the one with Corey Feldman. Okay. But we never see his face though, do we? That. Or do we? Uh, I think we see his face when he gets chopped in the head with a machete at some point. Okay. There's, the, as you do. You know, there, there might be some <laughs> face. Sometimes Jason has a bag. Sometimes he has a mask. Sometimes he's like horribly deformed. Sometimes he's just weird looking. It, you, you never know exactly what you're going to get with Jason. Okay. Um, he's been mostly a stuntman. Okay. Who's uh, responsible sense. for hundreds of movies, stuntman or second unit director. Um, he was in... Doing stunts in one of my favorite movies, Roadhouse. <laughs> That's we. I don't know if we'll cover this. I don't know if it fits, but it feels like Roadhouse is just a hundred percent within the the wheelhouse of of everything that our parents were fighting against. We'll get a little more into Roadhouse here in a moment. Okay, more. A little more into Roadhouse. So. And one thing that I found about Ted White that I just thought was absolutely amazing is he is in 15 episodes of the 60s show Daniel Boone. Uh-huh. He plays a different character in every episode. <laughs> I love I love how <laughs> You just you can't get away with that. Anymore. I mean, I'm sure if you go back to Gunsmoke and things like that, you just you know yes. you put a hat on someone, you you make them a Spaniard, you you make all them an of, Indian, yeah, give them just, give them a coonskin hat, you know, I'll give them some moccasins. You, you could not get away with any of that. Well, all of the ways that they they chose to change this person's <laughs> look that's one thing. But secondly, too, our, um, I think that our TV watching audiences just don't put up with that kind of thing anymore. No. No, we're we're on our phones looking up like where do I know that guy yes. from? I don't feel like there was any where do I know that character actor from back That's in true. the day. Yeah. If you have in, information to the contrary, please <laughs> let us know. I'm I'm curious. I mean, was there a book you could get of who was in what movie that would go so far as to have character actors? I don't know. I, I mean, guess maybe, maybe just. TV guide. I mean, maybe Leonard Malton. He had a book. I have no idea if there's no idea. any way before IMDb of even knowing where where do I know that guy from. So next actor we're going to get into our faceless handsome hero, William H. Burton. He's another stuntman. He's done the stunts for uh, movies like Mission Impossible Two, Face Off, uh, Star Trek, First Contact, and Gross Point Blank. All respectable. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't seem like he's got much to really say in his acting career, but he's done he's done plenty of things in Hollywood and good for him. Great. Okay. Last person we're going to get into here is Kimberly Heron. Okay. She was a Playboy Playmate in the early 80s and was in about seven movies. She was in another movie this year. Another movie also nominated for a Golden Globe. She was in Ghostbusters. She plays Blowjob Ghost. <laughs> so basically her career comes down to playing sexy girl in okay well you know i mean sexy girls she is blonde girl in red in three different zz top videos 
is she married to a ZZ Top person? That that seems like the kind of thing that happens. She was paid two thousand dollars for that gig. Just one of them, or all for three one of them? for one of them for one of them for each. I think each one of them. Got it. So yeah, she's blowjob ghost in Ghostbusters. She's is that what the IMDb says? It says dream ghost. Okay. <laughs> you you know I, I know I, I didn't I, know what was happening the first time I saw Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was fine in my household ghostbusters yes. was allowed no worries this would not have made it past this this opening this would not have made it past there, there there's sexy girls and low-cut tops there's gd words we're not getting past the first minute of this movie at my house but blowjob ghosts no yeah i think they definitely that was definitely something that our parents were like they're not this is way over their heads they're not getting what's happening i here. don't know if parents do parents have that today the, the luxury to the, do that, or of I, I, just that thought of like they don't know what's happening. We'll just 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 let it go. It's fine. I don't know. That's a little out of our wheelhouse. We'll have to take a survey. Yeah, but she was in Saint Elsewhere. She was Hawkins' dream girl. She plays Queen, and in a Kiss video, she plays Bikini Babe. In Beverly Hills Cop Two, she plays Playboy Playmate, and in Roadhouse, she plays Party Girl. Okay, so she, a real typecast there. I think yeah. this might be her biggest her biggest reach. It could be. So I said we were going to come back to Roadhouse. So she is in the scene. She actually has uh, kept her top on in every one of these films. Uh, But she is in the scene the first time I saw breasts. Oh, there we go. So like that, that's important. That, that's a t- timestamp right there. <laughs> My parents kept this from me. <laughs> <laughs> they could only keep Roadhouse out of the VHS player for so long. That's true. So she she was she was uh a participant in in, in a the- very pivotal moment <laughs> in my uh, in my childhood. Got it. <laughs> and you didn't even realize it. I'm I'm glad we we could we could bring that back. We could yeah, bring it, you two back together. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> She's just kind of off to the side, just dancing, and you know, and yeah, great moment, yeah. great moment, great moment in film history. There we go. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure everyone agrees. <laughs> so let's get into next. Leave the room scenes. Okay. So tell me your. One or two top leave the room scenes. Okay, so the one that is the most memorable is a little, a little outside of the realm. I think so. That was a leaving the room was actually not was not my my parents censoring method. So instead, my mother would turn the TV off, and we would all sit in silence, and you know with the TV, the TV completely off, and she would just do her best random guess as to when this particular scene is over. And it was rarely correct. It usually was a more whatever moment. These were usually sex moments. Um, I don't feel like violence was was censored in the same kind of way. Now, language, if, there, if too much language started to happen, then the movie got cut completely. Like, we just did not continue to watch it. So... The one that I that it just stands out the most because I know that it happened many many times. So a Knight's Tale. So a Knight's Tale comes out much later. Like we're both in college. Um, no, not in. I don't. I don't. I don't know if it was in college when it came out. Well, the, either way, it was very late high school, early college. Um, if it did, so I was really excited about this movie coming out. Um, a friend and I went. Um, we, we somehow we waited really late and we had to track down a, a movie playing, you know, a couple of towns over. And 
So to see it in the theater, I really liked it. My dad somehow got a copy of the VHS before it was even available for home sale of VHS. So uh, he must have paid a lot for it. Or What works- a time. What If you don't remember that, VHSs came out in the rental six months before you could buy them. You could buy the VHS if you you know had a wholesaler catalog, but they were 90 to $150 a piece. Yeah, so this is a really big deal. So I don't know if, if that's what he did. My dad got me a Batman when Ooh, he yeah cool. when he had was part of the managing a video rental at Kroger. So he got me a Batman <laughs> six months before you could have Batman. That's awesome. Plus, he also got to bring home all of the stuff that people said didn't work, and you had to watch it to see if it actually didn't work <laughs> or if they were just crazy. <laughs> uh, it seems like you're coming across some crazy stuff. But so we had this movie. I was given this movie. By my parents. I'd seen this movie many, many times. But there was a situation. A situation that sounds so official. But we were at my my parents' house. Uh, my best friend from college. And then my sister and her boyfriend. were we, we were all watching this movie with my mom for some reason. Like a Friday night or something like that. So my sister was three years younger. So she was probably still in high school. They were in high school. So we come to the scene where Paul Bettany, who is playing Chaucer, is down on his luck again. So he is walking, uh, trudging, or, or doing his whatever, and he's naked. So we're talking about man butt. That's This is it. This is the extent of how scandalous this is. I mean, man butt can get on a commercial if you're yeah. not kidding. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's not sexy. No, he's dirty. Like, and, and nothing, you know. I mean, it just is man butt. And she turns it off, and we all sit there, you know, Two, two people in college who own this movie, who have seen this movie in the theater, my sister and her boyfriend, who have all, we've all seen this movie at different times, but really what was the kicker was the mixed company. The mixed company piece, she didn't want to be the mom in any kind of situation where she was allowing butt to be seen while there was like boys and girls co-mingling I mean, in the living things room. can get sexy. Not that part. I mean, there were some, <laughs> definitely some sexy things about this movie, but that was not it. <laughs> so, so that was, and well, I'm sure there'll be moments that'll creep back into my brain as we're talking about other movies um, of of those specifics. But that one is definitely the most memorable of just how ludicrous that whole uh, method was. I'm gonna have to give that one another try because I remember I was in 2001. Let's just be completely transparent here. I was pretty serious. Yes, you were. Yeah, so I I did not get the historical liberties. I was not having it. Oh, I loved it. I loved every second. I loved the whole idea of modern music in this mini. It was just the best thing ever. And it was Heath Ledger, so, you know. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I need to give it another chance. I don't think it's forbidden enough for a whole episode, but I'm glad that we got to, I'm glad that we got to have that. Yeah, we'll we'll watch it together and we'll we'll, we'll see what you think. (laughs) We did have a, another similar situation where I was back from college and my mom was censoring something for my sister. I don't even remember what it was. I wish I did. But so she's probably 16 or 17 at the time. And I had learned enough about AV that if you turn the TV off, I had all my stereo equipment going. You could still hear everything. (laughs) (laughs) So video cut out, but there was still some grunting and thrusting. Got it. It just just became a podcast version. It might have been dirtier. (laughs) It probably was If you couldn't see what was happening. (laughs) Uh, Those moments are just sitting there and I was just like, no one's talking or making eye contact the best. 
The one that I had to leave the room for was big. Okay. So there is, well, there is what I thought was a just parade of breasts, just breasts everywhere, no. jumping jacks up and down, fondling, just going to town. <laughs> and I actually watched the scene today. It, the shirt is still mostly on. I don't remember any. There is like big, a but... bra and there is some hand groping over bra. That's it. I just assumed this scene was just the breast fest of the 80s. No, and... not at all. I mean, could I mean, one could argue are are we really kind of getting into some sort of weird pedophilia kind of conversation? There's been a lot of that like kind of talk about big if you really want to think about what's actually happening. I don't feel like that was where your parents no, were, but no, they, they were, were more like, on on just the surface level. Yeah, they, somebody somebody said that somebody had told you know <laughs> some kid was telling all the kids in in town that there were breasts on display, uh, and so all the parents were like, "Uh oh, watch out! Like, like stay away from the boobies." And yeah, so there was definite like leave the room for this scene. Got it. And it, I, I had not seen that scene until today. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. It, it is very underwhelming. Yeah, it did not live up. It doesn't live up at all. It just, you know, the, the most exciting thing about relieving that movie is like Zoltar. And I guess knowing now, you know, a PG movie, really probably a movie mostly directed at children. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're not just going to throw a thousand breasts and whatever. They're just not, in, but... They, they did weird things in the 80s. They did, and, and they didn't make a lot of movies that were 100% for kids. If they were, they were cartoons, because I don't think that children as audience goers or children as drivers of audience goers were really respected at this time. I mean, I don't know that I have a feeling about whether they should be respected now, but looking <laughs> back at the list of movies during certain years, because I was just curious, there weren't a lot of movies that came out for kids, where now I feel like most movies coming out are for kids. Hmm, interesting. I, I really hadn't taken the time to look into that, but I, there just there were more, weren't as many movies back then. No, but there were still a lot of movies. I, I, I think... There were family movies, maybe. I don't know. Not not really what I was looking at. We'll have to. We'll look at that. Maybe we have a a deeper, deeper, deeper dive into that. <laughs> so um, we also, as as we promised, I, I I'm afraid we're gonna have to end up doing this almost every episode. We we deep dove <laughs> oh, another. I'm sure you're issue. so disappointed. <laughs> hey. I think we've had this conversation that anybody that says I read Playboy for the articles. You probably are reading it for the articles. Because <laughs> if you're reading it for the naked ladies, they don't show up until 100 pages in, and there's not that many of them. It is really a lot of advertisements for rot gut alcohol, for cigarettes, and stories about cars, and watches, and stereo equipment. Stereo equipment. Oh, there's all sorts of hi-fi stuff going on. Oh, man, if you need a hi-fi receiver. To make your, your gentleman's uh, penthouse experience. <laughs> 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 but so we did deep dive the uh, the issue of Playboy featured in this in this uh, in this movie. Um, pubic hair is definitely 
prolific in this time frame, so don't you don't you worry. We haven't gotten to Gwyneth Paltrow just yet. Uh, I still can't believe that. Probably the most interesting thing I think we found in there was the interview with Carrie Fisher and just a real... Which you did say, like, as he was, like, digging through his wrecked car and this Playboy comes up, you were like, is that an issue issue with Carrie Fisher? And we rewound it. We still couldn't really tell, but... (laughs) But yeah, there is an interview with Carrie Fisher, and I just... This is really taking a tangent here. I'm going to have on my soapbox, I'll get off here in a second, but... I feel like Kathleen Turner and Carrie Fisher being so closely associated here. Talk about two ladies that Hollywood just gave up on when they didn't stay as smoking hot as they were when they were 20 and just well, Hollywood. Well, even just... 30 at, at this point with this movie. Yeah, it, the, the cancel culture of, of that, and that's a whole different, we never even talked about that as a cancel culture that it's in its relevancy to what we're talking about. In and maybe the they got difficult days. to work with. Maybe they had drug problems. Maybe you know, who, I know Carrie knows? Fisher had drug and mental health problems. She I have did. no idea. But boy, they just—they were expected to stay as beautiful as as they well, were. Kathleen Turner's kind of come back around. I, I was looking at her IMDb, and and she has some recent movies. I mean, of course, she's got a the most recent thing I remember her of is Chandler's dad. That, I mean, yeah, come that's on, true. that's cruel. It it is. I mean, that's I I don't know if she. Is that a role that you take because you 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 have a good sense of humor about yourself, or is that a role you take because this is a really popular show? Probably both. That's probably because that's all you can get, and probably because you have a sense of humor about yourself. I mean, but okay, so I'm probably going to say something that's probably not very popular, but I kind of think that Jennifer Aniston is giving some Kathleen Turner vibes now. Um, as her as she's turned 50 and I don't mean that in a bad way but she's definitely her voice has dropped quite a bit due to all of her years of smoking her plastic surgery um, starting her, to catch her, up a little her bit her nose job is starting to spread a little bit which is it, it, the look there was some commercial the other day and I had to stop it and say and like look and compare and she's definitely kind of going into Kathleen Turner I mean much more gracefully I suppose but I mean, we all, we have the technology now to, to do that, um, and but yeah, you the, just have Princess Leia and Jessica Rabbit. I mean, two yeah. of before I really knew what sexy was before S E X Y. Sorry, before I really knew what S E X Y was, before I really had you know could have you you could just spell that like a couple more times before it really is going to affect our S E X Y time. <laughs> Uh, but you know, so, so the two ladies who really, and I guess maybe Princess Zelda from the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, but also you know, just I think just, that's very niche. <laughs> but girls that that were like before I knew what it was like to be into girls, girls that were like, huh, something, there's something up there, and that you know, two of them just got just abandoned by Hollywood, and kind of sticks in my craw a little bit. I don't know. But yeah, I I agree with you. Anything you have to add? I don't think so. I think we've done it. I think so. Uh, next thing we're going to get into, heels cut off. That's right. Heels cut off. So we have not actually tried this yet. Um, we did take some YouTube dives. So there's two theories here. So a heel does have some metal in it. So you would not necessarily be able to... So some guy was trying to do it with a circular saw and you really reach a point where you can't cut through it. But there is a point where the heel is attached to the base of the shoe, the vamp of the shoe, if you will. 
And you could break that off probably where that, because there's not metal running all the way up through the entire shoe. So that. I'm pretty sure I've seen Van Damme break it off. Those could have been prop shoes. Those could have, well, they might have been specifically break, made You can that. break where they meet. You could not chop through a heel specifically. So we didn't take a look to see exactly what it was doing. But that's not really my point is whether you can take it off. It's whether you can actually walk in them when the heel is gone because they're designed to be ergonomically to your feet with your feet at an angle that way it completely ruins the angle so everything that we've read on cobblers we i've gotten into cobblers journals and (laughs) websites and everything that we've read says that if you take more than an inch off of a heel it significantly alters the way the shoe is is put together and you just cannot walk in them yes exactly you can alter them by about an inch and and those were higher than an inch heel shoe not by a lot they were they were 80s you know sensible italian you know like i said nine to five type shoe but they were more than an inch so that would have and even when she was walking she was walking with like with her toes turned up and at this point y'all don't care but this i felt is very just myth- per- this is just a personal <laughs> like disagreement i felt very mythbusters about it whereas you know we at trying to ask a ridiculous question trying to find an answer and we find out we're asking the wrong question like is it not only like if we do this will it work like can we even do this is the real question that needs to be asked. And I, I right. I, so I don't think in what they represented, um, he could just chop off the hill with machete. So no, I think that's myth busted. It's plausible depending on, on how it came apart. But I think possibly what, you could take a, a heel off, but we're pretty sure from everything we've read that it would be impossible to, it, to yeah, it would not help her walking in the jungle anymore. Okay. The last thing that I have is was all alcohol in the 80s garbage? <laughs> and we have, flipping through a few of these issues of, of Playboy, I haven't seen any sort of high-class alcohol on display. We are no. we are talking some Seagrams, some, you know, maybe sometimes you get to Crown Royal, but, you know, Ooh. yeah, it is, it is mid-shelf stuff <laughs> at best. Uh, J&B scotch. Uh, so we, we did a little bit of research, and... A couple of the more expensive brands did exist, but no, not really. People were okay. just drinking really sweet, crappy cocktails in the 80s and and wine coolers. And no, that... They um, were just looking for a good time. Yeah. That, and they didn't, they didn't care. Found an article in one of those issues of Playboy about scotch. And there's five categories of scotch. And the most exclusive and fancy high-end and expensive scotch is what we call single malt scotch (laughs) (laughs) if you've ever drank a scotch you realize there is a thousand (laughs) grades of single malt scotch so they're uh yeah they they definitely seems like there are more high-end offerings available now than than there used to be much more we have much more discerning palettes i i think or they just realize that suckers are born and we'll spend a lot of money on hooch maybe i guess so all right so i'm Put a bow on it. That's about all I have for Romancing the Stone. Yeah, I think so. I think we covered it. I think it was a fun movie. Um, you know, not so forbidden, but a lot of fun. And I can see why, you know, the beginning, if, if our parents had started watching this movie to decide whether we would see it, it wouldn't have been worth it to them to have us have us watch it. No, so. I mean, with the, the amount of times that somebody was unclothed or the amount of times that something was see-through or the amount of time they, they wouldn't have bothered and it, right they wouldn't have thought there was enough there to i don't interest. think so 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 next week what are we listening to 
What are we watching? Next week. We're going a pretty good 180 from this. We're going to see our earliest movie that we've seen so far. We are going to watch Risky Business. So put those old records back on the shelf. (laughs) As we tackle Risky Business, maybe grab yourself a clean white uh, dress shirt and some socks and uh, I don't know. I don't know who you're going to call to come over and watch with you. That's that's up to you. But uh, that's what we're going to tackle next. All right. Well, this has been Going Deeper on Forbidden Cinema. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. Check us out on our Instagram, Forbidden Cinema, and also our Gmail, um, Forbidden Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you. Bye, guys. Bye.